Halo, halo, Sacred Icon listeners. We used to do ads for other people, but I decided, why don't we do one for ourselves? Whether you're here listening to us for the first time or you've heard every episode, I'd like to briefly tell you what we're about and how you can support us. We have been doing this podcast since 2019, and with that has come lots of changes. We started as a primarily Halo-only show, but have evolved, combat evolved, over the years to talk about a wide variety of things in the realm of nerd culture. As you can imagine, we've made numerous changes to our platforms, usernames, and emails over the years, so now is the time for me to set things right and give the Covenant back their bomb. You can join our Discord by clicking the link included on our podcast feed. You can also send us an email or a voice message at sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. We have a YouTube channel at youtube.com slash sacredicon, and we no longer use Twitter or X or whatever else the kids are calling it these days. So if you see someone who looks like us there, just know it's not us. Lastly, you can support us on patreon.com slash sacredicon and receive a bevy of bonus content. We're so glad you chose us to be the voice in your ear on this particular day and hope you enjoy the episode ahead. Hello, hello, Sacred Icon listeners. I am here today with a special guest, someone you've never heard before outside of our recent ad campaign. It is my wife, Erica. She is here today to fill in for a uh, small bonus episode while Josh is still out with his back. Uh, She's always been here in the background uh, for Sacred Icon, either making artwork or uh, doing t-shirts or whatever. But uh, yeah, so this is my wife, Erica. Uh, Welcome, Erica, to the podcast. Hello, hello, Sacred Icon community. That took a lot out of her because she doesn't really like Halo. We've, right. we've, we've tried that several times. We've had her play Halo 1, 2, 4, uh, just not her thing. But uh, Yeah, he forgot to mention that time that I tried at the very beginning of Sacred Icon to play Halo on, like, short video snippets, and I just had nothing to say. The, the, <laughs> I just didn't well, care. The very, very OG original fans will remember those videos. They were called Erica Plays Halo, where it was like a two-minute video of Erica talking about her experience after playing a Halo level. I actually, you know, it's funny, I actually almost went and re-uploaded one to Twitter, like, before uh, I took the Twitter break, just to, like, have it for old sake, and I went and watched her thing, and I was just like, nah, these were stupid. They were so bad. Were so I was bad. like, sorry I got you all killed, Marines. <laughs> yeah, like, she was good, but, like... I was not good, that's well, a lie. <laughs> you were good, but it was just, I don't know, it was just like, it was, obviously you weren't enjoying I, wa- I wasn't egregious, <laughs> but... Yeah. Yeah, you're enjoying yourself. But uh, basically, we thought we would um, talk about uh, Resident Evil 4 because we've been playing the remake together. We've both played the original. Uh, we thought we'd talk about that, our, our experiences with it, and then maybe go into something else. I'm not sure, but we'll see. Um, so to start off, first time I ever played Resident Evil 4 was actually the year we got married, 2019. I played it October. I uh, got the PS4 version, played it all the way through, really, really enjoyed it, completely saw why it was seen as one of the best, like, one of the best video games ever made. Uh, I really enjoyed the characters. It was my favorite Resident Evil. Went back and played some of the other ones, but Resident Evil remained my favorite. Um, and then, Eric, I think you played Resident Evil 4 Original 2021, like a couple years after me. 21 or 22. On the Switch. I think we lived in this house. I played yeah. it on the Switch. Yeah. Um, which was interesting to me because Resident Evil 4 is far and away your favorite Resident yeah. Evil. Yeah. But I think... Other than three, which I virtually retained no memory of because it was unimpressive, I think four might be my least favorite yeah. that I've played because yeah. it's more actiony mm-hmm. and it's less horror and less puzzles. And two, the puzzles are the yeah, big part I for love you. Puzzles two is probably my favorite. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my brother Creighton said the same thing because like I talked four up to you and Creighton, and Creighton went and played it too, and he, Creighton doesn't even like it at all. Oh like, really? No, he just thought it was kind of. I don't think he liked the, the the action stuff as much. There's hope for the remake to be better for me because apparently there's no Leon backflipping through lasers. Yeah. Well, and so far it's been a lot darker from yeah. what we've played. But it's physically darker. Like, I don't yeah. necessarily just mean that it's darker as in, like, scarier. Yeah. It's hard to see, which I don't know how yeah. I feel about that because I can't, I can't control the flashlight, so that's a little irritating. Yeah, but, that's... Um, that's true as well. I'm definitely getting more jump scares out of this one. Did either of us original. Did either of us ever really play Resident Evil at all prior to being married? I never did. No. I never. I don't think I ever did either. So we've now we've played, we played two, Resident Evil Two Remake together. We played Three Remake together. We're currently playing Four Remake. Uh, we both played Four Original separate. We both played One Remake Original separate. Mm-hmm. We tried Five, but it caused marital fights <laughs> because we just kept dying. It was like the easiest difficulty, and we kept dying. And I don't know why. Like I thought it was her fault for a bit, and then it, she still thinks it was my fault. And then I and then I thought. 
well, maybe I'm doing something wrong too, but I just couldn't believe we were I think dying. We should just play it separately. I know that one is like famous for co-op, but I don't like the split screen, split screen thing. We should just play by ourselves. Well, I would play it separately, but everyone says like it sucks other than co-op, so that's oh. kind of why. But then, then we never played six. Uh, we played seven, um, which we both liked, but we both kind of fell off. Well, I got scared a lot. I jumped a lot because it was first person. But I'm pretty sure by the end we both were like kind of not feeling seven because it ended stupid. Well, seven, the first two acts of seven were really good and entertaining, but then you got to act three and it was like, we have to make this seem relevant to other Resident Evils, but it just yeah. felt like a completely different game. Yeah. Weren't we like facing some giant woman or something at the end? Like, no. It's seven. Remember this? Like, Ev- Eva, Evelyn, yeah. something. She was like no, a giant. She, she I, don't a... Th- I don't remember her being a giant. I thought was I remember her little, being. Wasn't it a little girl? I thought at the very end she blew up to like bigger than a building. Oh, maybe I or don't something. remember. I don't know. I blocked it out. It was either that or Dude Where's My Car, the movie. I, I can't remember. <laughs> it's one of those two things. Um, but so we play. Let's see. So that was yes. Yeah, we seven. We haven't played eight yet. We plan to play oh, eight. Yeah, I want to play that one. See, we were going to play eight when it went on sale, but it went on sale for the price we wanted to pay. But it then it was the version that didn't have third person. So we're like, okay, we we prefer a third person, so we're going to get the third person version, which still costs more. So we're still going to play eight. Um, but uh, yeah, we played. Two together when it came out, and two was amazing. It had a great mixture of like the third person action, but with the the puzzles. Um, and then we liked three, but three was so short and like unmemorable. Kind of Erica kind of already touched on that. Um, I, I literally don't remember what three was about. I va- I have a vague memory of running through a city and like blowing up some some walls or stuff well, to get through places. You played as Jill and Carlos, and there was Nemesis. Che- remember Nemesis? No. Really? <laughs> no. Wow. Okay. I have no memory of that game. Yeah, it was I remember that we played it, I think, at our old house. That's all I remember about yeah. it. Yeah, it was at our old house. It went on sale really quick. That's why we got it so quick, because yeah. it didn't do as well. Uh, but then we played four original. One, well, we played one original separate as well. As well but um, We never went back and replayed two as uh, Claire. No, we didn't do that. Do yeah. That. By the way, our dogs are named. Well, this is what Erica. Yeah. I'm gonna correct him. Okay. This is what I'm famous Here for. Here we go. Yeah. The, our dogs are kind of named after Leon and Claire from Resident Evil Two. We have a boy named Leon and a girl named Claire. Now, Erica can explain how Leon's only partially Resident Evil name. So, when we got this dog, Brian was playing Resident Evil Four. I, yeah. Four. Yes, and I had never played Resident Evil. I suggested the name Leon based on Leon from Kingdom Hearts, but the name meant something to Brian because of Leon from Resident Evil. Mm -hmm. So he would always tell people, oh, our dog's named after Resident Evil because he was like, well, more people know Resident Evil than know Kingdom Hearts. I'm not 100% certain that that's true, but um, he says that it is. And But then when we got the second dog, we purposely named her Claire after Resident mm-hmm. Evil. So now I usually don't correct him if we're out in public and he says our dogs are named after Resident Evil characters. But uh, it's kind he, of a convoluted explanation. But uh, the reason I'm never on this show is because he uh, he says that I will correct him over something minuscule. So I yep. have to. I have to at least once. Yeah, absolutely. Because like, that's my thing. is like if you run into somebody at Hot Topic and you're like, oh, our dogs are named after Resident Evil, Leon and Claire. That's really simple. But then Erica's like, no, actually... It started with a character in Kingdom Hearts whose name is Leon. I only but, do that. I only do that if, when we had Leon. I don't do that when we have Leon and Claire. But my thing is too is like Leon and Claire from Resident Evil is so simple. But then not only when you explain that Leon from Kingdom Hearts, that's also a Final Fantasy character from Final Fantasy VIII whose name isn't Leon in that game. So it's well, so, Leon Hart, my guy. It's so confusing. Um, but uh, yeah, so. Resident Evil 4 was kind of the one that I enjoyed the most. I really liked the village section and the castle section. I thought the island at the end got pretty stupid. That's when the, the lasers, the, him dodging through the lasers came in. The him fighting Krauser, which I thought was a cringe character who's still in the new one. Um, that was also the island that just had like a lot of like bombastic action. Like no, it just felt really off. Uh, but it, I, it, still, it still was a great game. I really liked it. Uh, so now we're playing the remake and... I kind of was not sure. Is like, is it going to be just like the original, or are they going to cut out a bunch of stuff? Obviously, if you've seen the reviews, um, the game's got outstanding reviews, pretty much tens across the board. So far, we've played up to we're the just third chapter. third chapter, so not that far. We have a baby though, so this is this is what we can do, what we can handle, and we only play together with Resident Evil, pretty much. Um, so we got to third chapter, so we're getting close to getting Ashley, but so far, I think everything feels the same as the original. 
other than the fact that it's darker, right? Would you yeah, agree? like the quality is better and there are things that are easier to handle. Like you have like stealth kills and things, yeah. which it was not in the original. A big one for you is that you can move while shooting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not the best at shooting games. Third person is better than first person, but I very much appreciate being able to move yeah. while I try to shoot. Yeah. It really reduces my death rate. Yeah, so we're in Chapter 3. Um, I like the aesthetics of, of Resident Evil 4. I like that you can move while you shoot, even though it didn't bother me in the first one. Um, I've already seen how Ashley looks from, you know, extended material. Leon! But, yeah. Our dog just <laughs> Our dog his just, ears. <laughs> just his ears perked up. Like, what do you need, Mom? Um, she was so annoying in the original. Yeah, it seems like she's going to be there in this one, but we really haven't got that far yet for uh, for doing an episode talking about this, but we figured we'd just kind of bullshit with this episode. Um, but do you think there's any chance Resident Evil 4 could be your favorite? <laughs> I don't think it's going to be my favorite. Even, even I, think I'll, remake, yeah. I think I'll probably like the remake more than the original, just yeah. because Ashley will be less annoying and some of that kind of really bombastic stuff is gone. Um, but I yeah. think I just like little baby innocent Leon From before he was traumatized in yeah. the second game. Yeah, that's true. He's very like full. Well, not full of himself, but like he's like kind of slick and well, he's just broken. He's really he's yeah, but he also always like makes like puns and stuff. And one that's and, true. Like, he is a little corny. He's a little corny and a little more confident in this game. Um, but uh, I yeah, think, I think I've noticed because we always play horror games together. We played Dead Space right before this. Yeah. Um, and I think I noticed this time that I am let, we always, we always joke that Brian gets way more scared during horror games than I do and he jumps more, but I think this, this time I've realized like, actually I just jump a lot when a game is fresh. I'm like, Mm. I don't know what I'm doing. I've played this game before is why it stood out to me. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing yet. I just have this really weak pistol. I don't know how to do anything. Here, kill all these guys. I can't do it. Or I probably could, but I don't want to by myself. And I have the same kind of scenario with Dead Space. I'm like, I know that I don't get too scared during horror games. Why can't I do this? Or why am I so jumpy and eager to hand this off to you? But then like, as I play a little bit and get more confident and get some stronger weapons and stuff, I'm able to do it more... Um, but I don't know. Like, I feel like maybe it's just because I'm not used to shooters, but I, it feels like a, a learning curve to pick it up, even though I've played it before. I don't know. I think you do. Well, the interesting thing is we played Resident Evil 7. I jumped a ton and was scared a ton, but I think it's because it was in first person. I think, like, the freaking crazy cannibal woman jumping out of the corner yeah. was just too much for me. But third person, third person, I don't, you, you've seen me, like, you would love to give me crap about if I was jumping a bunch, but I don't really, it's only been seven. Yeah. Like, seven, I was like, which Basically, all, by the end of the game, it was just Erica playing it. Well, and I played I played most of seven in first person, which is odd. Like, I'm not good at shooters, or I'm not great at shooters at least, and no. I'm really not great at first person. But it was shooters. puzzle heavy. It was puzzle heavy, <clears throat> and it felt a lot more natural to me than a lot of first person shooters yeah. that I've tried. Like, every the reason I don't like to play, you know, Halo or something is like I get in there and it just feels like anything could be happening anywhere around me and I can't see. Yeah. Um. Some people Which, just don't like first yeah, person. Yeah, I just don't like that experience. I never play Skyrim in first person. Um, but I think with Resident Evil 7, like the not being able to see around you to some extent was like expected because it's a horror game. Yeah. And it's and small it, areas. It's, Halo is exactly, like giant areas. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I don't. who's shooting me? Someone's shooting me and I don't know where. Like, I hate that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I guess we'll just kind of, just to make this episode longer, we'll just, we'll kind of talk about some of our horror experiences or, or, co-op experiences that eric and i have played together um i think the first game you and i ever what it's cuphead <laughs> oh cuphead okay i was actually not going to say cuphead that's right now we played cuphead together when we were dating uh co-op we we did kill some bosses but we never got that far Let's we also never that. played it again after that first like couple yeah. of days we kind of yeah we kind of went through phases when we were when we were dating because uh i think we beat like three or four bosses it was a lot of fun but then by the time we were getting married, it was this is the one I thought was our first Crash Team Racing. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. But well, that we, was our first married co-op. Yeah. Like, that came, Crash Team Racing came out, like, I think it was the day before, the day before we, got, we got, married. got married. And this is what's so cool. I've mentioned this, I think, one time on the podcast before. Uh, but if you guys don't remember, so what's so cool is Crash Team Racing, one of my, you know, like, I grew up with it, one of my favorite games. And uh, the remaster was coming out the day before we got married. And, and being a mature adult i thought well i'm not gonna get to play this much because there's gonna be no time to play crash team racing when you're getting married well so we played crash team racing a little bit the day it came out and the next day we got married 
And then the day after we got married, we were going to leave for a honeymoon. And Erica was like, hey, can we bring the PS4 so we can play Crash Team Racing when we go to Florida? And I was like, are you joking? Are you serious? And she's like, no, I think it'd be fun. And I was like, uh, yeah, we can bring the PlayStation on our honeymoon. That kind of blew my mind because you don't ask your, your newlywed wife if you can bring your game system. But if she asks you. It was super fortuitous, too, because it was miserable hot in Florida, and it was too hot to go outside. Yeah. We played a lot of Crash Team Racing. We had the air conditioning running at the lowest setting, and it never turned off the entire time because it was so hot in Florida, but we played... It also never reached the setting that we had it on. Yeah. It was set it to, never, like, 68, and it never got lower it than just, 72. Yeah, it was just, like, 70-something. Um, but, yeah, we played a ton of Crash Team Racing together um, for, like, a couple weeks. I think we really went hard on that game. Um and I think, is that your favorite kart racer now, or are you still like Mario Kart more? I think I like Crash Team better, okay. though yeah. Mario Mario Kart 64 has a, yeah. has a special Mario, Mario Kart's just, heart. Yeah, it's, it's just more approachable. Uh, but yes, yeah, so we played a lot of Crash Team Racing, we played Cuphead. Did we play anything co-op, really, before we got into Resident Evil? Like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of all the games that we played together. I mean, I made you we play... We didn't play any... Did we, did we play any Mario games together before Resident Evil? No, you just watched me play Mario Odyssey and talk about how stupid the hat was. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. That stupid little Cappy hat. Yeah. That, that's why we didn't play it together. Because co-op... Cappy's co-op stupid. Co-op is like, here, Erica, you get to play as my hat. <laughs> I was like... I was... I, we, we tried, like, one level, and I was like, stop throwing the hat. It's my only job. Yeah, so she she gets to play as the hat, but not only is all she get to do is play as a hat, but I also get to control the hat at any time if I feel like it. So, kind of like the lamest co-op experience ever. Um, They should be sued for calling that a co-op experience. (laughs) Yeah. uh, False advertisement. Um, Now, we don't think we played any Mario... I mean, we played Mario Kart together and stuff. A little bit of Super Smash Bros. like with the friend group and stuff. But... uh, and the thing is, we play we play Resident Evil co-op, but other than the, our brief stint with 5 where we failed over and over again, um, we by co-op what we do is we sit and we, we pass the controller back and forth, basically. And I think uh, Resident Evil 2 is our first experience with that, uh, which is a really good time. But, um, yeah, so, you know. We've done, like, what, re- together? We've done... 2, 3, 2, four. 3, and 4 nine, remake. Yeah. 7. 7. Yeah. And then we did... Unrelated to Resident <clears throat> Evil, we co-opt Dead Space in the same way. Yeah, so Dead Space, we just beat Dead Space, like, it's probably less than a month ago now, the Dead Space remake. Erica really liked that. We both, I mean, I already played the original. Um, do you think, now I know you don't like to be put on the spot with these questions, but do you think you like, do you think you're going to like Resident Evil 4 as much as Dead Space? Like, you really like Dead Space, didn't you? I'm not you? sure. I like Dead Space a lot, <clears throat> conceptually. Dead Space was also harder, though. Yeah. Um... I don't know. I feel like I'm probably going to like Dead Space more. Mm-hmm. And I also feel that, like, I say Dead Space was harder, but I feel if I, like, replayed it by myself, I could still beat it. Yeah. It's not like... But you um, got to shoot limbs and... Yeah. Well, I was not even thinking G. of that. I'm thinking of all those times where you have those, like, masses that you have to shoot on tentacles and things. Those, oh, yeah. That's terrible. The bosses were pain. Yeah. The, the limbs thing I got used to pretty quickly. That wasn't bad. That final boss in Dead Space, Erica just watched... She just she watched me play it, like, once and lose, and she was like, I don't want to do that. You can just keep trying. Yeah, and I, I kept trying and trying. Two rounds it was not good and i kept dying and dying and dying. i finally got to the last segment and then there was like this little quick time event moment that i failed and lost and it was just the worst thing ever but that was a lot of fun um dead space um i think so we're playing resident Evil 4 we'll beat that and then i don't oh, we know we were playing donkey kong tropical freeze oh yeah that's actually harder than any that's game we've so ever played hard. in our lives we were playing that like when erica was pregnant before we had river and we were like if we don't beat this before we have the baby we'll never beat it and then we got like th- four five six worlds we in five. i think we're on world five and it's just so freaking hard and so frustrating and we haven't been back to it since we had river so so all of our skills are lost yeah, and they weren't even that good of skills to begin with so i don't know I, that's like that's like cuphead level difficulty yeah, it's so hard yeah. yeah we were getting like we were we would backtrack and get like 40 lives and lose 35 of them to get that one level and then we to had to go back level. to grinding it was awful yeah to get back to grinding uh, i don't and then for the rest of this year i don't think we're going to do anything co-op but we're both really excited for tears of the kingdom which we'll play separately on the switch uh well you'll probably play final fantasy 16 when i get oh, it yeah. won't you yeah so i'll let you play it first because you'll get through it faster than uh, me. final fantasy 16 yeah because i won't pick up every herb that i walk by I'll, like <laughs> erica will um 16 and then you might be into Starfield, but you probably have to be sold on that one. It's basically Elder Scrolls in space, but that's... I don't like space, but yeah. Elder Scrolls is great. Yeah, she's Erica's played a lot of Skyrim. Um, but yeah, actually, so let's go into that then. Uh, so one of the things we do when we have guests on the on the podcast is you go, you know, what's your, what's your background with Halo? What's your Halo experience? But since 
that's obviously non-existent for you. Uh, what's like your what's your gaming? Ex- Go back to as early as you can remember. What's the first video game you ever played? Uh, well, when I was growing up, my sisters are much older than I am, and uh, so like little four or five year old Erica had like an NES um, and a Super Nintendo in the house. So we would play like Super Mario Bros. One, two, and three, Duck Hunt, like these kinds of things. Classics, um, classics, classics. Yeah, um, I had the original Donkey Kong Country on Super Nintendo. Um, I got an N64 for my fifth birthday, and we played, like, I never played, like, GoldenEye or some of those more famous ones. You wouldn't have liked it anyways. I I would not have. But we played, like, you know, Mario and things. But when I was, and we had a PlayStation with, like, Tony Hawk and stuff. But when I was nine, I think is when I more became a gamer. I'm air quoting right now as though you can see me. Yeah. Um, That was when I got my PlayStation 2, and I got Kingdom Hearts. So I ended up playing a lot of Kingdom Hearts, and then because of Kingdom Hearts, I played a lot of Final Fantasy, um, and I got really into those two, and then as I was in, like, graduate school and things, I started playing, like, Elder Scrolls and The Last of Us and, like, diversifying. Yeah, you, got, um, you played Uncharted 4. Uncharted, yeah. yeah. But Kingdom Hearts is your number one game of all time, right? <laughs> I hoped that you wouldn't say that on the air. <laughs> Why? Why is that? <laughs> because I think it's oversimplified. I think... Okay. Well, hey, just correct me yeah. like you do, like you do. Well, but you, but then, but then you are proven right that I correct oh, you. Oh, everyone knows I'm right. Oh yeah. gosh. Um, <laughs> but it's hard for me to say what my number one game of all time is because I think if you made me choose like a series, I would pick Final Fantasy because mm. it's collectively much stronger than Kingdom Hearts, yeah. and there are more Final Fantasy titles that I love than Kingdom Hearts titles that I love. Yeah. But in terms of like nostalgia and like being a real turning point for me as a gamer kingdom hearts and kingdom hearts 2 are probably See, that's why i say list. it because that's the one that seems you're the most emotionally attached to is kingdom hearts like well, it was the most formative nostalgic yeah like it not was the most formative like you might be more emotionally attached to final fantasy 7 yeah, story if you but made like, me say like which game would you rather replay um i don't know on a given day i don't it might be kingdom hearts and i'll have a great time it might be final fantasy 12 and i'll yeah. have a great time also, all of you people who are like, Final Fantasy, but we don't want to play 12. 12 is fantastic. Play 12. Don't listen to Brian. He hasn't yeah. even played it. He doesn't know what he's talking well, about. Well, hey, I have not down-talked 12. I've just said that I wasn't interested in playing it. But Nerva, the, our, our resident big Final Fantasy fan, he's he's the one that keeps trying to play it and can't can't get through it. He doesn't well, like it's it. it's stupendous. But... I tried to play The first time I tried to play it, I also couldn't get into it, but I was like 12. And yeah. I was not doing it right. <laughs> Um, I restarted it later, and it's I've, I've replayed it like three times, or maybe more than that. It's so good. I put so many hours into it every time I play it. I love Balthier. Yeah, he's basically the character that everyone remembers, even though he's not the main character. I think, well, that game is structured in a really interesting way. See, see how I hijacked your podcast so I could no, um, let's go. advertise let's for Final no, That's what 12. you're here for. Um, so Final Fantasy XII is an interesting setup because the main character, Vaughn, is not plot-wise actually that important. Um, he serves almost more as like a vessel for you because he's re- he and his friend Pinello are really just you know kids that are kind of along for the ride. Um, they're super useful in, in terms of playability. They're just as useful as anybody else, but plot wise, they don't have a lot of an impact. So like you have this party in which Vaughn is the main character, but Ash is really the party leader, and Balthier is really the leading man. He jokes throughout the series throughout the game that he's like. I am the leading man after all. And everyone's like, but you're not really, you're not really, you're not the main character. He absolutely is the leading man. Balthier mm-hmm. is the leading man. And Fran is stupendous. Balthier and Fran are mm, so good. Anyway, that's yeah. all. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. So 12, but but seven's still better than 12, right? I mean, objectively. No, for you. For me? Oh, that's hard. I don't know. I ask the questions people hate answering. I know. And I also, like, I don't like answering things in black and white ways my answers are always nuanced which but is why cloud he's, which is why he's always people. like did you really need to say that yes i did yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> see here's the thing though my introduction to final fantasy 7 was through kingdom hearts yeah and then while i did play a little bit of final fantasy 7 as mm-hmm. a young person mm-hmm. i didn't actually play final fantasy 7 or remake or anything until 2020 so like final fantasy 12 i've been playing since I was... You got a lot more attachment. I have a lot more, like, memory and emotional attachment, even though I can kind of objectively say the story of Seven is better. Um, it's hard for me to, like, choose between them. 
um, because I feel really a lot of like emotional attachment to twelve yeah. or like fifteen. I feel I really love fifteen, which I know people. Like I love fifteen on. after playing it. I love fifteen so much. Yeah, it's yeah. Got, I love the little I love the little bromance, you know, and the friendship, and it's so good. Except for the fact that parts of it are purposely ambiguous if you don't play the the DLC. But whatever, that's my. I opinion. think saying twelve, like but, saying twelve is your favorite, is not even that much of a hot take. I think I think the hot takes would be saying thirteen or fifteen are your favorite. Probably, you know, so. I love fifteen. Yeah. Sometimes I went through a phase where I was like, I don't know if I like twelve or fifteen better, yeah. and we, well, you know, I've decided. I think I've decided on twelve only because fifteen has like extra content that leaves story holes in the game if you don't yeah. play it. Well, you know, I didn't mention this when I was talking about all the games we co-opt together, but we kind of co-opt Final Fantasy VII Remake in a sense where we were both heavily playing at the exact same time. Mm -hmm. And that was, I don't want to, actually, I'm not actually sure if you, if it's the same for you. I think it is, but we, I know we both agree that like that COVID era of us not working and being home and getting paid more money was like an amazing time for us, for us personally. But for me, because of it, Final Fantasy VII Remake was one of the best video game experiences Mm -hmm. I ever had. Is that, did you feel the same? the most part or i mean i feel really strongly about final fantasy 7 remake as a great video game experience um and it is just as you said it's just kind of wrapped up in that like really sweet season which i, I realized that was a very difficult season for a lot of people we were fortunate that it was yeah. um, a really good season for us but um yeah it's just like a special time we're just yeah. like sitting here playing this game together yeah. and that was the first time i ever got you sort of it's kind of foggy as to who actually got who to play it but well there's several people but the the main the main influence like josh is the one who got me to download the seven demo but the main influence that gave me even a chance at caring about final fantasy was you because when i was dating erica i would be at work and and i would be asking people questions about final fantasy because i knew that my girlfriend loved final fantasy but i was like i don't get it like there's like 15 games and like how do they all connect and like oh they don't really connect they're separate and all that stuff and so it was kind of, it was like me having some interest in Final Fantasy because of Erica and then Josh telling me to download the demo and I downloaded it and then I was like sold on it. Um, but yeah, it was a super special time for us because we was, we're basically we've been married for like, I don't know, eight, nine months. We had just a dog. We rented a house and, and he was the best boy and he's the best boy. He's still the best boy. That's Leon. Um, and, uh, we had like two and a half months of not working getting bigger paychecks because of the the covid what do you call it um uh, there's bonus on our unemployment because yeah of- because of covid mm-hmm. um and then we were you know eating we were getting like food to go and eating out and watching tv shows and movies and having popcorn and m&ms and and then and then we were playing final fantasy 7 remake and we were just both so enamored with the game i i never stay up super late anymore i'm too old for that now but final fantasy 7 remake i stayed up all night it got to be like four in the morning and i was like you know what it's technically a different day. I can make myself a frozen pizza. So I made myself a frozen pizza, stayed up to like 7 or 8, and then Erica got up, and then she played. There's no baby. There's no like nothing we had to do, no job. Um, so she, she started playing. I went to bed. And I, I remember there being times where like I'd be playing, and then Erica would be like, you really need to mow the lawn. And then I'd be like, oh, dang it. So I'd save, and I'd quit. And then I remember being out in the heat, mowing the lawn, looking through the window at Erica playing Final Fantasy VII Remake. I'm like, I'm so jealous. I want to play Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, but that was that's one of my favorite games of all time. Probably it's probably you know high enough up there for Erica as well. But we both loved it so much. We both played the original after that. That was such a good time. Um, yeah, just uh, I don't know, just a lot of a lot of good times together. And then the, I, I played Breath of the Wild before I met Erica, but she also played Breath of the Wild on her Switch uh, after we got married. And you lost like your life for a month to that game. Oh, I play, I think I had over a hundred in Breath of the Wild. I, I did and collected everything except for all the Korok seeds because yeah. who has time for that? Yeah. Um, okay, a couple other things we should talk about before we, we wrap up this shorter episode. Um, let's get, This one could take some... It depends on where we go with it. This could take some time. Rings of Power. We need... We I wasn't need, warned. <laughs> we need to address Rings of Power because some people don't think it's that good. And obviously... Well, I was going to say obviously you know me and Josh think it's good, but... Despite us both giving it a good review, Josh has definitely changed his tune on, like, he likes it a lot, but he doesn't think it's that great, and it's got a lot of problems, so Josh doesn't feel as good about it as I do, or Erica, Uh, but I don't, you know, for those of you who haven't watched Rings of Power, you need to do so, I know a lot of you have, we've talked about a lot in the Discord, but Erica, thoughts on Rings of Power? Oh, I love it so much. I was really, really worried and skeptical about 
rings of power. And I think even in the time leading up to it, you were feeling better about it than I was. Oh, yeah. um, I was... Well, because we were worried that they were going to try to Game of Thrones it and make it like mm-hmm. have tons of like sex and, and, you know, maybe be like insanely gory and stuff like just make it not like true Tolkien. But it was like reviews came out. Not yeah. too long before, and they were like, oh, no, we're not doing anything like that in the show. Yeah. So. Which I was glad to hear that. That, like, alleviated it some for me. But I just thought, this is not going to be good. Like, they're not, I don't know what they're being. And even after watching, so we watched the first episode the day after River was born? Yeah, in, a, in the hospital in bed. In the hospital bed. And so the first episode didn't quite catch me. I was not really used to, like, Warrior Galadriel, but, like, that really is, like, the lore implies that, or some versions of the lore imply that. Um, as a valid option for her so I kind of got over that and got used to it but like by the end of the second episode I was really into it and it's just so it's so refreshing to me because it's so wholesome and it feels like the middle earth that I'm used to it is different in some ways and it's you know it's it's not I don't want to say it's not like Tolkien it is like Tolkien but it's uh, it's a it's a it's very much an expansion on Tolkien's thought it's not like these events page for word, word for word, page for page. They don't have the rights to do page for page Exactly. Well, and like, and there isn't enough material. Because if you've read like the Silmarillion or the appendices or some of these other uh, works of Tolkien's, they are written like history books. Um, Whereas the Lord of the Rings is written from the point of view and the Hobbit are written from the point of view of hobbits and read more like, I guess a memoir of sorts that is concerned with the things that hobbits are concerned with. The Silmarillion is an elvish history, and the appendices are often elvish histories or the histories of kings and things like this. They do have a different tone, and there's less detail and less character, as it were, um, in terms of individuals. So to me, it's almost like if you were making a historical fiction film or like if you were making a movie about, I don't know, Abraham Lincoln... Like, yeah, you have to hit all these high points mm-hmm. of things that we know were done and things that we know were said and people we know were there, but you can't, based exclusively on a history, yeah. tell an intriguing story in a visual media format. And I think that's what they've done with Rings of Power. They've kind of consolidated some things, they've moved some things around, but it all feels very respectful um, to the spirit of Tolkien. Yeah, that's me. what I was about to say, is, that, is that, does it remain true to the spirit? And that's what the show did. I think we, yeah. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I think we agree that the aesthetics are amazing, the, the music is amazing, the sounds, the environments, I mean... Yeah, props to Bear McCreary for helping our baby yeah. sleep. Yeah, actually, yeah, that's insane. The thing is, Bear McCreary, you know, did, did the uh, the soundtrack for Rings of Power. He also did God of War Ragnarok. But there's a song uh, from the Rings of Power soundtrack, the one with the actress who plays Poppy from the show singing. It's called This Wandering Day. And literally, we started playing that. Well, actually, Erica started singing that to our baby right after it aired. And then we started playing it off Spotify. We probably have 1,000-plus listens on Spotify of that song just to help her get to sleep. It's part of her bedtime routine. It now. is. We it's... listen to it one time before every nap and every bedtime. Yeah, literally listen to it one time before every nap. That's how attached we are. So it rings of power. It's, you know, and it's got it's got some more attachment for us as well because, like, like Erica said, it came out. And then the day after we had River, and River was in the NICU for a little while, everything was fine. But uh, so me and Erica were alone in the hospital room. So I got in the hospital bed with her and we watched Rings of Power on her laptop. Um, So there's like, it's very much like an era, this show. Well, yeah. And like the show, I think it finished running before my maternity leave ran out or at about the same time. It's got to be close. Really close. So like we would every week, like life is very new and different and I'm staying home with the baby and Brian for, you know, like eight weeks or something like this and brian is home by like noon 15 every day and uh we look we're you know we're doing all this stuff with the baby and looking forward to rings of power on friday night yeah. like that was also just a really like sweet season yeah it was these these are like those moments that you know josh and i've talked about this in the podcast before too you get so nostalgic for things in your life but you got to make sure you are take inventory of the life you're currently experiencing because you will be nostalgic for it later um but yeah rings of power it it was something we looked forward to every week I, it really did. It really made me happy, pretty much the whole way through. I mean, I liked the the characters, the progression. Uh, it felt true to Tolkien. I loved the Harfoots and their inclusion, um, the way they felt. Um, you know, we Eric and I are always singing. You know, nobody nobody walks. How's nobody it go? goes off trail. You know, nobody and nobody walks alone. Nobody walks alone. Yeah. Um, we liked the whole. Um, well, I, in case you haven't seen it, uh, we liked the twist with Sauron and how that worked out. 
I won't say any more about it. We liked Galadriel, and we, oh man, we loved Elrond and Durin. <sighs> I love Elrond and Durin. They're the my absolute, favorite part. They were the absolute best part. Their broship was for real. And Disa it makes mm. the best chili. chili. Disa makes the, the best, best chili. chili. She never made chili on screen, but we know she made the best chili. It was obvious. <laughs> she also can sing great. Like oh, that yeah. scene when she sings is really cool. My one, I think, what, what, are, what were my complaints? I think the one thing that I complained about was, although I liked the character of Bronwyn, I felt they wanted me to respect her more than she had earned on screen. Yeah, she didn't get flushed out yeah, properly. Yeah, she didn't get flushed out properly. Yeah. I'm I'm 100% behind a flushed out Bronwyn. But, like, I just, like, she just became the leader of the village in some way really quickly. Yeah. And I was like, how did we make this? Per- she killed an She orc. killed one orc. She killed one yeah. orc. And now. She's a leader. Yeah, and I'm not saying she doesn't have the capacity to be a leader. I'm just saying I don't see how I don't I did not see the progression of it happening and I was yeah. like what it felt like it happened off screen almost yeah it did you know? feel like it happened off just screen. like oh did I miss something and then like, you go back and you're like we, no we, I we didn't. can do this we can do this but I need to see it happen yeah absolutely so who would you say is your favorite character is it like what kids it Durin and Elvin or Durin and Durin Elrond? and Elrond as a duo even my least favorite character is Theo I hate oh, Theo Theo the kid he's so annoying oh, he's so annoying yeah. every time he walks on screen I'm like I hate him. she did she literally he walk on screen and she just go I hate him like he he's wouldn't be there for a second haircut and he's mouthy. <laughs> Stupid Erica in his mouth. That's all it takes to be hated by Erica. No, I'm just Listen, kidding. I teenage boys, I can't. I can't. She can't. She's a teacher, and she can she can speak to these things. Um, but yeah, Rings of Power. Uh, I don't talk to them like this. No, <laughs> but I feel it in my heart. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're looking forward to season two. It sucks that uh, what's his name. Adar. Adar is going to be played by a different actor. Really, really salty about that. But uh, Rings of Power, we really enjoyed. Um, trying to think of what else we've kind of. What kind of nerdy things we've done together? We watched. See, even though I followed Walking Dead back when it was a big, a big thing, I told Erica that it like eventually sucked, so I quit watching it. But this then we'll, needs to be called Nerd Together, Stay Together. But um, yeah, so we watched Walking Dead. I showed her Walking Dead, and we watched like eight seasons in like no time because we were on the COVID stuff. And uh, she pretty much agreed, like it was awesome, and then it sucked. So we've watched that together. Um, we, we tried one episode of season eight. After we had taken a break for a while, we moved into this house, and we were like, you know, we haven't watched The Walking Dead in a long time. We've heard season, was it nine or ten? One of them, we've heard that was really good. So we couldn't we should, even make it. <laughs> we should really try to power through season eight. Yeah. We watched one episode, and I said, I can't. This is so stupid. I can't yeah. watch it. It just got bad, but in the beginning, it was, like, really it was intriguing. So good. I mean, you can't get eight seasons in something if you don't find something good at the beginning. Of us, we watched The Last of Us recently. Oh, yeah. How are we not talking about that? It was if we just finished The Last of Us TV show. I know several people in our community were watching that. Um... But yeah, I think for us it was more or less just like the best video game interpretation in show or movie we've ever seen, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, well, and The Last of Us lends itself to a narrative retelling very easily. Some things just don't translate well to screen, or yeah. you need all of that like filler space. And I think you and I, and probably you and Josh also have talked about how the only thing that kind of was missing from the show was because you didn't have that elongated experience of like banter between Ellie and Joel. Yeah. The relationship. Felt they didn't build like, as much. It didn't build. It didn't but if you played the game, you could easily fill it in, yeah, but that's exactly. not what everybody. Exactly. Know. But that was just beautifully done. Yeah. No, the yeah, show is Pedro Pascal. Yeah. Pedro Pascal is awesome. Um, Bella did a great job of being, um, being Ellie. Uh, I liked every episode. Honestly, I think I gave it's it. Like a... no. Oh yeah. The <laughs> SNL skit with Pedro. Um, but yeah, so that show was great. Um, yeah, I don't know. What's kind of some other... Th- I'm trying to think of what are some other things we either watch together. I mean, Erica's favorite show of all time. I think I can I think I can say that. It's Frasier. It's my favorite sitcom of all Favorite time. sitcom. She, when we got married, she was just watching Frasier constantly. It's actually been a little while since we watched I gotta it. Let, I gotta let it cool down. But... And everyone listening is like, Frasier, they either don't know what it is or they're like, that is so not nerdy. Like, Frasier is it, like... But the, it is nerdy. It's so nerdy. In a different way. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, every time people tell me, if people tell me that they've watched Frasier enough but don't like it, I'm like, you're not clever enough to get the jokes. Yeah. And Sorry, actually, you guys you guys yeah. know how much I use Office uh, GIFs in the, in the Discord and on Twitter and stuff. It's completely because of Erica that, like, I'm such a huge Office fan. Literally, our first date, she was like, have you ever seen The Office? I'm like, no. And she showed me... You showed me two episodes. You showed me the first episode, which you you pitched it to me as it sucks, mm-hmm. and then you showed me your favorite no, episode, Lydia's favorite or Lydia's episode. favorite episode, which yeah. is her friend. Which I don't know which episode it was though. You probably don't, I don't remember either. But watched some of that. I got hooked. Watched all of The Office because of Erica. Watched all of Parks and Rec because of Erica. Um, Eric and I were both Chuck fans before we ever met. Uh, fan of the TV show Chuck. That was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think. I was just talking. These people are not going to know what this stuff is, but I was just talking 
uh, to my students on Friday about the Count of Monte Cristo um, because it it felt it fit like a revenge archetype type story that we were talking about and I and I was like when my husband and I were dating and we both realized that we loved this random 1990s version of the Count of Monte Cristo yeah. and Jim Caviezel and young little baby Henry Cavill and we were like oh, meant to be but like we randomly bonded over things like the Count of Monte Cristo and what about Bob yeah that was so <laughs> random like so our very first date like and probably no one's gonna know what this is but so there's somebody a- will Somebody, there's a comedy with Bill, Mer- Bill Murray called What About Bob? And we were sitting at a restaurant on our very first date. And I don't think I used the cuss word because I was like, I'm not sure if Erica's okay with this because we're first our first date. But like, there's this scene in the movie where there's this old couple running a diner, and um, Bill Murray's talking about this guy that the woman at the diner doesn't like at all, this old lady. And she goes, That son of a bitch. And her, her husband goes, she never says that. And, like, on our first date, I was like, oh, you probably don't understand the reference. It's from What About Bob. And like, I've seen What About Bob. And I'm like, oh, you know, the whole, like, uh, oh, that son of a bee. And, and she's like, she never, he, he never he says never, that. She never says that. She never says that. So, yeah, so, like, it was What About Bob. And there was, uh, yeah, Tiny Monte Cristo. And then we, uh, so after our first date, because we lived so far apart from each other, I went and stayed in a hotel. She stayed with her friend. And we went to church the next day, and we literally spent because we were at a church we didn't know because we were in a different like state. We went to this church, and we just stood in the church lobby talking about like deep second age Lord of the Rings lore, which was just like that's insane. Like you don't do that in a first date. Like I actually I remember being on like my second or third date with my girlfriend before Erica, and she asked me what my favorite movie was, and I said Lord of the Rings, and she looked at me like I was like. A pimple or something. <laughs> like, she looked disgusted. Like, you're kidding, right? I'll like, be disgusted if you tell me it's not the extended cut. The extended cut, yeah, exactly. See, that's what Nerd Together Stay Together. There's somebody out there for everyone. You just, you don't have to, like... It's like the orientation of this episode changed. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Like, this is like dating advice now or something? No, no. It's but, like we were talking about Resident Evil when we got here. Yeah, but we're just talking about all the things that uh, apply to us. So, yeah, so both of our favorite movies, Lord of the Rings, our favorite book, Universe, Lord of the Rings... Uh, so yeah, Rings of Power was awesome. I'm reading Fellowship of the Ring with my students right now, and I look this is the most I've looked forward to eighth grade ever. Yeah, every day that we have class, I'm like, oh, what are we gonna read today in Middle Earth? <laughs> yeah, no, it's super exciting. I, I wish there was like a really cool, like I wish there was a Hogwarts Legacy type game coming out for Lord of the Rings because like Hogwarts Legacy does such a great job of of uh, of being like true to that world, but um, but Lord of the Rings doesn't have anything like that. We're getting the Lord of the Rings Gollum game this year though. Yay! Josh is going to buy that one day one, though, so he's excited. You Um, know, I get, like, nostalgic randomly for the Hobbit PlayStation 2 game and the Fellowship of the Ring game, which were both based off the books and not the films. I don't don't know how far I got in the Hobbit game. I used to rent the Fellowship of the Ring game from Blockbuster and play it. And I I don't think I ever got past the Barrow Downs. I thought you liked, didn't you like the Two Towers and Return of the King ones better, though? I thought you did. I liked the the one that I played the most. The two that I played the most were the Two Towers and the Third Age, aka oh. B Team Fellowship. Yeah, I aka Return Final of Fantasy King, Ten. Return of the King was harder. Yeah, um, yeah, it was hard. I don't think I got very far in Return of the King, um, but I I got I beat the main part of Two Towers. There was that thing at the end where you could like fight your way up Isengard or whatever, and I got to like I think there were like ninety nine floors. I got to like eighty something with Gimli, and that was about yeah. it. Yeah. But, and then the the third age, like, I really enjoyed that game. And then in hindsight, I tried to play it as an adult. And I was like, what is this fan fiction garbage? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a lot of Lord of the Rings games, sadly. That's why I'm not a big fan of the Shadow of Mordor series. Because it's like, oh, Shelob was actually a super hot woman who turns into a spider. And she has a history with Sauron. Nope. <laughs> that's not Tolkien. That's not it. But, uh... That's not it. I feel like that's not it. Yeah. But man, I know I, I kind of want to run this episode out to an hour. To be honest with you guys, I want to. We're, we're getting close there. We have plenty to talk about. I'm just trying to think of what we should what we should talk about next that we haven't covered. We're both sick of Marvel and Star Wars. Oh, I know, and it's sad. Well, I don't care about Star Wars, but I'm sad about <laughs> Marvel. Because <laughs> that was a huge part too when we were dating. Is like Erica was teaching a college class around Marvel, and she had like copies of all the movies to like have people watch, and 
Endgame was coming up soon. I remember me and that Erica. That was like the golden era of Marvel. Yeah, and like we have pictures too of like me and Erica and our whole friend group went out to see Endgame, and it was this awesome moment. But then kind of after Endgame, like we weren't sure what the direction was going to be for Marvel, so we, like obviously like most people, we watched WandaVision when it came out, and WandaVision like really captivated us. We're like, wow, this is so cool and unique, and then... By the end, it was kind of falling off a bit, and then, like, they kept piling on the shows, and we watched, like, uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier, we watched uh, Loki, and then we just kind of stopped. Yeah. And uh, I don't feel yeah. bad about it, like... No. We haven't seen Ant-Man either, the movie. Yeah, like, and I... I, like, you know, we I, we used to... It always used to be an event when a Marvel movie came out, but, like, after Endgame, it just... I realized that now they're like, oh, multiverse, and theoretically, the stakes should be even higher, but they don't feel higher. Mm-hmm. And it just feels over that like WandaVision was so cool and so unique yeah. initially, but by the last few episodes, felt like regular Marvel. It was just Marvel again, yeah. you know. And I was like, I'm, I'm done with this, yeah. you know. And we're really behind on shows, and I don't care. Yeah, and we still have any interest in watching them. Yeah, we didn't see Ant Man. Now Star Wars. Now Star Wars, Erica like was like an extremely passive fan before. Like she just like watched the movies when they came out, and that was it. Didn't think much more of it. I got so, like, hyper into Star Wars the first couple years of marriage that I, like, drove her interest away because I was obsessive. But then, oddly enough, completely unrelated to her in the, like, last year or two, I've just lost interest in Star Wars because there's just so many shows and movies and things, and I just... Oversaturation. Yeah. Like, and I, I'm sure, like, to some extent, we'll, we'll, we will return to these franchises, whether it's, like, popping into one that seems different or actually wanting to go back for some reason. I'm not sure, but those are kind of two big temples that are just not in our interest right now. Well, and I was late getting into Marvel anyway. Like, I eventually, like, got really into it and, like, recovered all of the the stuff Mm -hmm. that I had missed. But the very first Marvel movie I ever saw was uh, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Mm -hmm. And I saw that in theaters with friends. And then I didn't really get into Marvel until, like, a year or two after that. Or more, maybe more than that. Mm. Um, but then I like kind of went back and was like, I want to watch all of this. Yeah. And, you know, when I got, you know, I I taught my 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 martial English class um, based on that. Um, but One I, st- I still make my students analyze Black Panther every year. Yeah, time. Black Panther's so good. It's so exceptional, good. So exceptional good. movie. Um, One thing the we last should. Movie we saw in theaters was Wakanda Forever. Uh, did we? Did that? That came out after Thor, right? Yeah. So I guess it would be. Yeah. Wakanda Forever. It was as good as. I could have hoped, but I just didn't. It didn't do much for me. I don't know. Wakanda Forever. Yeah. I felt like they handled it masterfully in terms of what do we do without Chadwick Bosman. Yeah. And I think they did a beautiful job addressing, you know, grief and some of the surrounding issues. It didn't have, like, the magic and the power of the original Black Panther for me. But I think doing what they were doing with the material that they were working with, they did a really strong follow-up to Black Panther. Yeah. Hmm. Um, man, what was I going to say? I had something I wanted to ask you, but then I forgot. Um, well, anyways, moving on. I'll come back. I'll remember what that was. Um, but, okay, so a couple questions I had for you, Erico. If you were going to be super into a Halo game, what kind of game would it have to be to where you actually want to play it? Oh, my. It would have to be... Open world and story heavy. And third person. And third person. Yeah. Yeah, because I also just, like, I'm not that into the space aesthetic. There are very few space... I'm more fantasy myself. Yeah, there are very few, like, space media that I'm really into. Like, I enjoyed Dead Space a lot, and um, I've, like, I've read some, like, science fiction, space type things that I like, but I think... Dead Space is more your style of space than Halo or Star Wars. Yes. I definitely, I think I also kind of like a um, kind of gritty dystopian Mm -hmm. space. Not super everything techie. Yeah. Yeah. I like like a cyberpunky kind of deal Mm -hmm. better than I like something where everything's really like pristine. Mm -hmm. Because I love aliens, oddly enough. But I like them when the stories come to Earth. You know, like, yeah. I love um, alien narratives and things, but those always happen on Earth in, like, really real and relevant ways, whereas a lot of um, space stories feel very distant um, and, you know, not that connected to real life. I liked Firefly a lot, yeah. and which you still haven't watched that. No, I haven't watched that yet. And I liked... 
trying to think if there's anything set in space that I really enjoyed besides Dead Space and Fire. Passengers with Chris Pratt. Passengers, <laughs> which is really honestly not that good of a movie, yeah. but I really enjoyed it. Still a good movie. It asks, yeah. Still very a it asks really interesting yeah. ethical questions, and it made me think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. What, I kind of uh, want to play The Outer Worlds, but I've never gotten around to it. Yeah, if you had to make me play one game, which one would you? Which game would you choose? I think I know what you're gonna choose. Final Fantasy Twelve. Final Fantasy Twelve. Yeah. Uh, if I had to make Erica choose, no, I think you'd actually enjoy it. So it's not like making. I w- but... Yeah, yeah. I would not. I wouldn't want you to play a game that I know you wouldn't like. I wouldn't um, get any pleasure. I think that. I want you to play Shadow of the Colossus. I think that's the I'll game. Probably like that. Yeah, because it's just you on a horse trying to find these like divine, sad beasts to climb and destroy, but it's like. Things that I want to play. Shadow of Colossus, God of War, and God of War Ragnarok. Yeah. I want to play Portal, which I'm going to play soon, hopefully. Oh, yeah, Portal. Um, that. I want to play... Um, oh, shoot. There was a title I specifically was interested in. Oh, on the Switch? Or? Well, yeah. not necessarily on the Switch. Hmm. I just... Say most probably of the time. Probably not on the Switch, actually. Most if of the it time, were on the Switch, I would have played it already. Yeah, like Erica's <laughs> super salty. There's not a proper Kingdom Hearts for Switch because she she prefers to play everything on Switch. It's just easier for her. Which is strange because I really historically have not been a fan of handheld games at all. Yeah. But the Switch just feels especially like, in adult life. Yeah, it's like I can just play this in bed yeah. before I go to sleep. You know, I don't have to make it a big event. Yeah. Hmm. There was something else. Oh, Red Dead Redemption. Red Dead Redemption. I would like to try yeah. that. I think. Yeah, I'm not so much into the Rockstar games, but I have beat the first Red Dead. I, I couldn't beat the second. I own the second one, but I couldn't really beat the second one. Um, Watching you replay Final Fantasy Thirteen reminded me that I don't want to replay Final Fantasy Thirteen. Thank you, Wesley. You better, you better heard that one, because you know, Final Fantasy Thirteen is not that great of a game. I hate to tell you. Listen, the first time, like if you just asked me in passing, did you like Final Fantasy Thirteen? I would say yes, I did. Um, the aesthetic is gorgeous. The yep. music is yep. some of the best in Final Agreed. Fantasy. It's so good. Um, the character designs are lovely. Hope and Snow are super annoying. Well, no, Snow Snow gets annoying. I, he might have been my favorite otherwise. Hope is super annoying. Mm-hmm. But the game goes on for an eternity. It goes, well, I tried to replay it because I had always intended to replay it. And I restarted it in like 2021 and didn't play it. Uh, no, we were at Auburn House. I know, but we moved in 2021. Oh, okay. Um, it might have been 2020, but we were we were at our old house. Um, and I tried to replay it some, and I don't remember why I didn't get very far, but I didn't. And then I just kind of never picked it back up. But then watching Brian play it was super validating, first off, because he was like, I don't understand why you say this game is so difficult or why you say that it takes so long to play this game, or why it took you years to actually beat it, like, playing it off and on. It's like, I just, I don't I was like, it's possible that I just didn't really understand the system, but I'm pretty sure I did understand it the system. It took Erica five years to beat it. I mean, she didn't play it straight yeah, through. Yeah, no, 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 I played it off and on. It was probably but, like 60 or 70 hours or something like that. Yeah. But, um, but, um, he was like, <laughs> and, and like the first, like, third of the game or whatever is really a tutorial. Yep. And he was in that part. And then he got to, like, the main where there's, like, lots of corridor fighting. And, yeah. like, if you're not using the exact right paradigm, it's not going to go your way. Or it's going to take 15 years to beat this fight that should take 30 seconds. And he was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I hate it. Oh, yeah. my gosh. What's wrong with this game? And it's I was, like, a huge doing a little dance in the yeah. background. I was like, I told you. <laughs> and I'm, I'm the kind of, kind of person who's dumb enough that in a few years I could see myself saying, I think I'm going to replay that game. Don't let me replay that game. <laughs> I will hate my life. By the last third, you were like, I really love this game. This might, man, this is going to be in my top games. I love this game so much. And then you get to the end, you're like, I want to die. Yeah. (laughs) Because the aesthetic and the characters and the music is so sublime. The music is just. The combat's even awesome. Peak. It's just. I like the combat in theory. It's just all you do is the combat. I mean, it might as well be. And it's so hard to do. Like, not because it's so hard. It's not intuitive. It's counterintuitive. You can't play the way you want. You can't. Like, you have to play it with particular paradigms. In theory, like, you would think in most action, like, RPG-type games, you could do, like, oh, well, two of my people are fighting and one of them's a healer more or less most of the time. And that should basically work, usually. Yeah. But Final Fantasy XIII, nope. It's like, sorry, you're going to die even if everybody is a healer. You have to have a saboteur and a sentinel and a this to make this fight work for you or everyone's going to die or it's going to take forever. 
and it just gets really frustrating. I think when I was playing, this was the part that he was confused about was that I told him when I was playing it by like the second half of the game, anytime I ran into an enemy that I wasn't familiar with, I looked up the best paradigm to use on them because I was like, I don't have yep. time to waste on, on these guys. And he was like, I don't understand why you would do that. But by the end, he was like, no, I understand. Like, yeah, I just want to get this thing over with. Yeah. So that's basically what it was. Okay, last thing, Erica, that I have to bring up oh dear. before we get out of here is tell everyone how right Brian and Josh are about the Hobbit movies being so oh, awesome. They're so bad. They're, they're so, so awesome. Bad. Oh, my gosh. They deserve their place no, alongside the Lord of the Rings oh, movies. Oh, my goodness. Listen, Martin Freeman is great, and that's all. Like <laughs> That's all? <laughs> what? Listen. Hey, you like the Maple Films edit, so there's got to be like more than that. I like the Maple Films edit, but the Maple Films edit can't fix the fact that there's way too much... CG as opposed to practical effects. They do cut out as much of it as is feasible, and I love them. It's for a four-hour cut of the three films for those I will of you say, that don't yeah, know. I will say the Maple Films edit, barring that you can't inherently replace all of that CG with practical effects, the Maple Films edit is the Hobbit film I always wanted. So what would you give but, the Maple Films edit out of ten? I have to be that guy. I guess a nine. I don't okay, know. so the trilogy, but, what would you the give tr- the trilogy? Oh my gosh, it's like a six. Bad. A six? You know what? Really? I, actually, I respect that. You give it a six? I can give it a six if okay. I try not to be too subjective. But I think... Yeah. I, I think, think six is fair. Because, like, there are some bad... It's better than that for I'm me. If I'm calling but... five average, there are some bad movies out there, so I have to take that into consideration. And there's some there's some sections of Hobbit that are exceptional Exactly. Films. Like, yeah. there are some scenes yeah. that are mm, magic. This is the closest but... I've ever felt to you. You give Hobbit trilogy <laughs> a six? I, I respect it's that. It's not good. Because, like, okay, so, like, subjectively, I would give the Hobbit trilogy a 10. Subjectively. I love it. Objectively, it's probably, like, a 7 for me, so you're only one point off. It's just, it's so bloated, and it's so digital, and it's not the Hobbit. Like, it's not, you lose Bilbo. You know, Mm -hmm. he's not, obviously, the main character. And I understand that some of it, and I I, I noticed this because I reread The Hobbit over the summer, and then Brian was watching the movies off and on some, and I was kind of in and out for that. And I think I realized, I knew that they were trying to make it feel more connected to Lord of the Rings by including, like, the Dogledore stuff and things like this, which chronologically makes sense. We know for a fact that that's where Gandalf was when he would disappear from the party, but we don't see it in The Hobbit. We hear about it in The Fellowship of the Ring, in The Council of Elrond. Yeah. But I realized that just tonally... The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings are so different. And the movies try to be, like, gritty and grown up but the way The Lord mm, of the Rings is. The story's just not but that. But it's just not that. It's just not what that book is like. Yeah. Um, it is, and I've said it, I've said this for years, and, and, and critics have been saying this for, for decades, that, like, The Hobbit is children's literature and The Lord of the Rings is not. Mm-hmm. And they tried to make it feel like, Tolkien, like, thought that The Lord of the Rings was really unwieldy. He was like, what is this monster that I've created, you know? Um, and they tried to make The Hobbit that, and it just didn't, it didn't jive. It felt too serious for subject matter that was They had actually, one foot in each. Yeah, yeah, and the subject matter isn't serious enough to support that. Um, and they lost track of Bilbo as the main character. Super digital, the I will never get over the elf, dwarf, elf, love triangle uh, thing. That bad. was so bad. It's it was very so bad. bad. I agree. Like... I don't mind the existence of Tariel. I mind the love triangle and the amount of screen time she got. Yeah. Um, Which in the Maple films edit and all that, yeah. pretty much all your complaints, most of except for the CG and stuff, yeah. it's gone. Yeah. Well, and like, honestly, I'm generally, and you can correct me if you don't agree, I think I'm generally pretty forgiving of film adaptations. Of yeah, books. that's why I'm surprised how much you just hate Hobbit. Because I don't think it's a good movie. Like, the... Because there's there's film adaptations of books that I'm like, yeah, I totally understand why you changed this or that or the other because it's not the same medium. It makes sense that you would do this. It's necessary. Yeah. Or, you know, one thing that I've you know learned reading and teaching and talking to people about great books and great film is that you can't even keep all of the themes. Like when you when you take a book and turn it into a movie, you're inherently going to lose themes. Yeah. Sometimes themes that feel really big in the book, but you can't convey that many in film and but like the hobbit is just 
They could have competently made two films, I think. I would have preferred two, and they cut a lot of the crap off. Yeah, exactly. Cut out all of that extra stuff that was not needed. It didn't add to it. I really hated that they tried so hard to make Thor and Oakenshield and Feely. Is Feely the youngest one? Feely. Feely's, yeah, Feely. Handsome. Like, I don't mind Thor and Oakenshield as much. Oh, Keely's the youngest one, my bad. Keely doesn't even have a beard. Like and and his only prosthetic is a tip on his nose. Yeah, I'm like they're they're like he's not hot enough. I'm like he's a dwarf. Yeah, like that's not his job. (laughs) Like yeah, and I just I like I don't mind that Legolas was in the movie. Makes perfect sense to me that Legolas was in the movie. His his father is is the Elven King of Mirkwood. Totally, he would have been around. We just didn't hear about him. But there was just and it was boring. Like I've tried to rewatch the Hobbit movies in entirety and I can't. They're boring. I can't get through them. See, I definitely don't feel the same obviously, but I mean, they're not boring to me at all, they're but so bad. we did we did this really cool thing uh I think it was like our second year of marriage where we got with her friend our friend group and we we watched the Hobbit Maple Films edit which was 4 hours and then watched all three extended edition Lord of the Rings movies all in one sitting on our friend's couch. We started at like six a.m. Six a.m. and went till like midnight or one or something like that, and watched all of it. It was a great time, but it was also by the time we left, it was like, oh, I think the couch and me are becoming one. You know, <laughs> like it was terrible. But uh, yeah, okay, guys. So that we just crossed the hour, so we we got a, a bunch of nerding together there for you guys. Um, I'm gonna leave everyone with this. Two things, Erica, I'm putting a spot for this one. Ask the people of the Discord of the community. Uh, whether people in the Discord want to answer or people want to send an email or whatever, um, ask them a question. Anything you can make it, you can make it simple. Like you can make it simple. Like um, you know, what's your favorite food? Or you can make it something like, what would you prefer was different about gaming? I mean, you can think of anything. Um, just something for them to to chew on. Something for them to answer. Mm-hmm. It can be anything. It doesn't have to be specific to what we talked about. Um, and while you're thinking of that, Erica, I'll say for everyone who's listening to this episode. Think of something to ask Erica in the Discord. Um, if uh, if you want to ask Erica in the Discord, you can tag her in the Discord. So you have to I, tag me or I won't get notified. Yeah, tag her in the Discord, and I'll make sure she replies. If you want to ask her anything about like a gaming opinion, thought, movie, whatever, um, you know, if is is, is 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 being married to Brian terrible? No, um, you can ask her anything. He's so. the worst. Yeah. I love him. Yeah. He's an oaf, but he's my oaf. That's what we. Yeah, I'm an ogre. <laughs> That's what we do pretty much all the time. But uh, yeah, he stomps around this house like she does. Shaking. Say I have really heavy he has steps. Really heavy steps. Yeah. We always joke, and I came up with the joke, so it's not mean because I came up with it. But I'm always like, the reason it took us so long to meet is because God was waiting for me to get more mature and for her to get more desperate, and then we met and we got married. So um, we had a house guest one time who was living downstairs, and they were hearing him come up and down the stairs, and they were like, "It's like fee fifo yeah. on the stairs." Here comes Brian. Yeah. <laughs> I good, but yeah. Do you have a question, Erica? Can you think of one? Oh my! Doesn't have to be crazy. Doesn't have to be super ingenuous. Like, what's the what? If video game for some of you, this might be an easy question. For some of you, maybe not. If video games were not, could not be part of your life, what would you fill your hours with? Hmm, that's a really good one. That's a really good one. But then there's so many people who probably just go, oh, movies and TV. <laughs> But uh, and, and hey, that's just as hard for me to answer that question because I do like I do like my video games. It's a it's a hard I've balance. I've been thinking of... about that question a lot because of the book we're reading. Oh, oh, the TechWise. Yeah, one? we're reading a book called TechWise Family, where we like mostly we're trying to cut down on our phone time. But because we have a baby now and we don't want yeah. our baby to think that we just browse our phones all the time. Yeah. So, but uh, I'm just thinking about it a lot. Like when when I'm not consuming things. Whatever kind of media yeah. that is, what what should I what would I be doing with my time? Yeah, it's hard because most people are consumers more than creators. I mean, the, lately in the last four years of my life, I have the I have this I have Sacred Icon, mm-hmm. which that's that's an outlet for me to be creative. But you know, the amount of time, I mean, I do put a lot of time to Sacred Icon, but it's not as much time as I spend consuming by any by any means. So that's a great question, Erica. Um, man, I really loved having you on here. It took. Uh, almost what four years now before i had erica on there she wasn't too argumentative with me no we mostly no, got because along. he's put the fear of god in me yeah i'm like i i, I warned everybody you know that you're, you you'll correct me if i say something wrong so but uh Brian's not open to correction uh, whatever i'm totally <laughs> you know what you're right babe i'm not i'm not <laughs> but i love her and we have such a great time and she's been so great about uh the podcast since me and Josh started and she always makes sure the dogs are quiet and the baby's quiet as best as she can while we're recording and 
I just love her. She's great. So I'm glad you guys got to meet her. Um, guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Sacred Icon Podcast. If you want to leave an email, send it to sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to donate uh, monetary or give us money monetarily, you know, uh, through the Patreon, go to patreon.com slash sacredicon. Get your name called out in the podcast. Be on the podcast. Lots of cool stuff there. Um, you can follow Sacred Icon Pod on Twitter at Sacred Icon Pod. You can follow Josh at Jedi Knight Joshy. Um, you can follow me at Brian's Bane. And uh, as always, guys, we loved we loved talking to uh, talking to you guys and, and having you here listening to us. And we're so appreciative. So thank you so much. And as always, keep it sacred.